All right. Um, I'm David G. I'm Cooper. I'm Liv. If you live for the good moments. And learn from the bad. You're in the right place. This is Live and Learn Podcast. Right on, right on. Oh, oh yeah. All right. So uh, today we have a very special guest with us, Olivia. Olivia, would you like to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. I'm just... Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. Just mm, uh, thanks for being on. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Just a twenty-two-year-old living in downtown mm-hmm. St. Paul, Minnesota, working oh, yeah. from home like the rest of everyone. And I work for Ecolab. I'm a fina- financial analyst. Okay. Um, my first year doing that, so been a bit of an adjustment but just graduated from university of st thomas in Ooh, the spring yeah. right on hey that's yeah. great that you were able to get a job right out of graduation yeah it was pretty cool i actually had my job my entire senior year so it was pretty hard to oh groovy so like you had the internship and like you know yeah, they like, like, yeah. you're like oh you know you're pretty cool come on <laughs> yeah so i signed it like beginning of my senior year which made it hard to yeah Try to get good grades. Cause I, was like, <laughs> I already have a job, yeah. you know. Why are you I mean, yeah, exactly. school? Yeah, I was like, oh fuck this. I mean, so it's the whole point of like the internship type deal. Because yeah. if you can like get in tight with a company, like, and they like you, you like the company, you just slide in after you graduate. And yeah. it's like you don't have to stress as much. Absolutely, it's a good mm-hmm. deal. But so, yeah, enjoying it so far. So Eco Labs like a pretty big like MSP uh, Minneapolis St. Paul uh, uh, company, right? Yeah, it's a huge, they're an international company, but their global headquarters are in St. Paul. Okay. Um, that's where they were founded, but now they're all over the place. Because I always see it's like the water fountains or the, the water bottle fill-up stations, but mm-hmm. is that like all they do or do they, are they in like a different realm of well, water? Well, so they're in a lot of different, they're business to business, you know, so they are in textiles, they're in water cleaning, they're in... Um, hospitality, they're in healthcare. So they just make a lot of different products to keep businesses cleaner, safer, healthier. That's kind of their goal. Um, But they have, um, they do a million different things. It's so hard to keep track. Yeah. Um, But like I'm in the pest division. So I, I work with the pest control unit. And what is like an average day for you look like? What are you, who are you communicating with and what are you accomplishing? How are you like adding value to this company that they wanted to hire you on? That's a great question. So I think because I'm so new, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm mm-hmm. still learning the business. And like, so because I'm so new, I do a lot of financial reporting. So I work in the databases and I'm pulling numbers. Mm-hmm. And I'm creating reports off of those numbers. So, like, reporting on our different market segments and the contract volume that we have and the sales numbers we have and how that compares to our plan and our forecast. And right now we're in the process of planning for our 2022 financials. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's like taking the numbers we have here and building a plan for next kind year. kind of forecasting. Forecasting out. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot of that. And then I also work with our marketing team a lot to – help build financials for new projects that they're um, designing and researching. Wait, so do you do like a lot of budgeting then? I do a lot of budgeting. Um, I do a lot of, I make like financial assumptions, which is basically just guessing uh-huh. <laughs> numbers based off of other numbers. Yeah. That's so been working out for you so far? It's been working out for me so far. I mean, obviously. We'll see you next year. We'll, I, hopefully. We'll see. But uh, it's been going well so far. Um but yeah, I'm still learning, still getting the groove of things. Of so mm-hmm. sweet beginning stages. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I, I think that like really brings us into what we're talking about this week, which is uh, building wealth for yourself. Uh, kind of seems like you're on like your own like journey here as far as like beginning your career, um, you know, like uh, adding uh, depth to like uh, the company you're working for, learning stuff that, you know, you can like inevitably like take somewhere else um, and just continuing to figure it out mm-hmm. i guess is the the best way to like end it there um but i mean uh is is this like uh the the career like you wanted to start with like uh since you started school i don't know you know i i feel like i have a lot of different areas where my passion lies mm-hmm. and i majored in economics which was more towards like the research side of things and less so towards finance and business. Um, Obviously, they coincide with each other really well. Yeah. But I think ultimately it would be really cool to work with financials and economics as well as environmental sustainability. Like I would love to merge those two things. Okay. But, you know, I don't know (laughs) when that will happen or how I can get there. Why why do you say, like, before this that you wouldn't, like, uh, know how to talk, like, you know, finance and business and all that? It seems like um, you would know plenty uh, to talk about. Yeah, you know, I think I just get caught up in not being able to put into words what I'm thinking. Like, Uh I can think through that stuff, but actually choosing the right vocabulary Mm -hmm. and making sure that I'm... I'm speaking exactly to what I'm thinking about. I yeah. struggle with all I, the Don't time. worry about that because, like, we're, like, everyone here is a moron. <laughs> um, like, we're kind of, like, just, like, figuring this out as we go. And the thing is, like, I think so long as you can get your point across, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. use, like, any, like, fancy vocabulary or anything like that. Because, like, it's just, it's about the message, not how uh, you get it out. You're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Um, but, yeah, uh, how, how are you building wealth for yourself? It's a good question. So I think like what I've been focusing on uh-huh. is getting my 401k and my Roth IRA really up and going. Um, mm-hmm. So my Roth IRA, I started before I started my job because um, my parents encouraged me to. So right now I ma- I've maxed that out for the year because, <clears throat> you know, you can put six grand in it a year. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I'm doing. And then for the Roth IRA. Yeah, for the Roth oh, I didn't IRA. know it had a limit on it. Yeah, because you can grow so much wealth off of that if yeah. you start it young. So they, yeah. put, they have to put a cap on it, you know. Wow, they really they try really and snub do. you there. Yeah, they're like six good a year. I think it grows like the older you get, the closer yeah. to retirement you can uh, put more in. I see. But as a 22-year-old, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we can't get that, That's like super <laughs> whack because like, you know, like it's the whole point of like investment. I feel like if you're being told, ah, you know, you've done enough, slow down a little, pump the yeah. brakes, you know, we don't uh-huh. want you making too much money. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's like a little bit disheartening but um that's why these are like you know the first steps i feel Mm -hmm. like into um investing uh setting up 401ks and roth ras Mm -hmm. um so you can have that like set aside through like a work or like whatever like program you might have it in yeah but of course it's very important to diversify and uh put your money into other things and have you started uh thinking about what those might be yeah, I so I have my 401k and my Roth, and I do a little investing on the side, just in like my Robinhood account. Ooh, you oh know? yeah, I gotta have that side hustle. You gotta have a side <laughs> hustle. Well, because I went to this program yeah. at my work, and it was talking about how generally women don't do a lot of investing outside of their 401k. And I was like, that's a good point. Like, 
you know, I should really be focused on this. So mm-hmm. I think it would be really cool to, once I have the money, ha- like buy an, an investment property, yeah. you know, like a rental property yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. just so that I have, I don't know, money. No, that's a great way to just have passive income. Yeah, and passive income. So I think it's really funny you mentioned that because uh, literally the other day, me and Cooper were talking about um, getting investment properties by 30. Yeah. Just like getting some type of like uh, just like multi units. Mm -hmm. um, So like get that residual passive income because stuff like that is so important. But it requires a lot of capital to like actually start. Um, But at the same time, I feel like that's like a bad um, a bad thing to stop you because you can also like Mm -hmm. try and like go through like uh, hard money lenders and uh, just uh, get like money loans to you to like start uh, like to buy a property. Really, I think all it comes down to at the end of the day is like having a really good like uh, credit score, mm-hmm. you know, get in like the solid 800s and like who can really stop you? After yeah, that, you know, that's true. I definitely try to focus on my credit score, too. I think it's pretty good. I haven't checked it recently, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. My credit card was like canceled when I was in Alaska. Oh, really? I came back oh, and it was like deactivated. It. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, they'll do that if you stop using it for like a prolonged period of time. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I mean, know. you know what? Why are they giving you money if you're not going to use it? They're t- true. I mean, it makes sense. Okay, I have just like a one-off question here. Yeah, uh, I guess it could be to both you guys. Sure. When you first applied for a credit card, what was like the maximum monthly amount that they gave you? I guess when did you first get your first credit card and then what were they, you know, what was this company mm-hmm. willing to risk on you? <laughs> My first credit card was right before I went into freshman year of college. And I think my limit was 2200, 2400 maybe. Not bad. But to be fair, at that point in time, I was lifeguarding. So I did have a monthly income that I could give them. Yeah. yeah. But still, 2400 is not very much, no. so they weren't willing to risk a whole lot on me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, like, the first credit card I ever got was, like, through Wells Fargo. They have, like, this, like, college card. Yeah, the college card. Oh, is that what you had? I think that's what I had, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I think, like, my, like, monthly limit was, like, a 1000 something or something mm-hmm. like that. And, like, which I wasn't, like, super concerned about because, like, I think, like, uh, I got that when I was, like, either, like... 19 or 20 so mm-hmm. like i didn't know how to use money um <laughs> like i think i i probably like hurt myself with that card more than i benefited myself yeah just because um uh i bought stuff that i could not actually afford um and i think that's like probably the worst thing you can do you definitely that is like yeah. the the Don't. ultimate credit card mm-hmm. trap right there. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're hoping. The yeah. car, the they want you to do that. For. Exactly. Yeah. Do not buy stuff that you cannot actually afford because mm-hmm. uh, you're putting yourself in a very bad position. So yeah. like, and that that's like there can be a contrast there between yeah. like having like a credit card and buying things that you can't afford or like, you know, buying a rental property or mm-hmm. a house that like – you don't actually have like enough wealth to purchase, oh, well, but you can like get it. 100% different. Yeah, via loan mm-hmm. and then just, you know, passively pay off yeah. that mortgage. So that's like a long term thing as yeah. opposed to like, you know, a short term. Um, One month turnaround. You yeah, pay exactly. Off your credit card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but what, uh, what, what do you think would you be your first property? Would you just like get a house or um, would you like go into um, like a multi-unit, like a townhouse, a condo? What do you think would be really cool to start with? Probably a multi-unit, like uh-huh. a duplex or yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay, okay. Just so that you could have more than one, you know, mm-hmm. family or 
person renting it at once. 100%. Um, which I think makes the work of keeping up keeping a home worth it, you mm-hmm. know? Because if you just have one renter and you're doing all the work too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think probably a duplex or something, a townhome maybe. Mm-hmm. Super solid. Yeah. What about you guys? Uh, same thing. I mean, it just for the same reasons you said, it's mm-hmm. like you're getting like multiple sources of income on one property. Uh, you like don't have to like be super stressed out because uh, you're not making enough income to like you know upkeep the house. Because um, what I've like uh, noticed on that end is that uh, a lot of uh, people in Fargo, I guess, like is my best example, are selling off their houses to like a uh, bigger like um. Like Zillow uh, or something? Yeah, uh, I, to like a, a lot of like big like corporations mm-hmm. like that of just like realty companies. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of these people don't actually want to like keep up with like uh, these houses because like they're like super fucked up like college houses. Mm-hmm. They're getting rented out yeah. to like, you know, these like irresponsible Fargo, kids. It's, it's River Rock property mm-hmm. that was just buying up every property. My old college house they bought up. They're just... Mm-hmm. And are they just doing doing all the work on the homes and reselling them? Is yeah, that, basically. Mm, yep. Yeah. It's a larger company, and then they just have, like, a third-party maintenance people come in, whereas before, the old owner of the house that I stayed in, it was, like, this wife and husband just owning this property, and it mm-hmm. would take two weeks plus for them to, like, come in and fix anything because the husband was doing all the work, and the wife was, like, managing all their properties. Yeah, it's a lot of work to maintain a house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard those companies, though, that are coming in and buying all those properties are having a tough time maintaining them, too, because there's a shortage of labor yeah. right now. Mm. So there's just a bunch of empty houses. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, that's the thing. It's like since the pandemic hit, uh, a lot of people don't want to go back to work because, like, well, I go to work when uh, you can have um, unemployment, like, mm-hmm. you know, pay your rent and, like, groceries, yada, yada, yada. Right, and you're probably um, making more off of unemployment. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, and, like, that's the thing. If you want people to, like, come back to work, just, like, pay them the amount yeah. that they're worth. Because, mm-hmm. like, pay I them, give them to... benefits, like, do something. Don't just hoard it all to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Because, like, I went back to um, Fargo for, like, a trip. Well, I guess me and Cooper went uh, back, like, was it, like, two weeks ago now? Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Um, And I was, like, uh, hanging out with, like, a, like a former boss I had. And uh, we, like, uh, went to, like, these uh, Jimmy John's uh, mm-hmm. to, like, you know, like, get lunch or something. And we, like, went to three and, like, they were all closed. And uh, they had, like, a, a, like, poster in, like, every window saying, like, um, closed on weekends, not enough like people. New store um, hours. Exactly. And it's like eleven to three or something. Uh, I, like I don't think it was that drastic, yeah. but it was like pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, just going to show like how bad it actually is. It's bad. Yeah. Also, like supply chain stuff is really bad mm-hmm. right now. I just my manager sent me an article the other day. I didn't even read the whole thing, but I skimmed through it. And just, like, USPS prices are going way up and supply chains are slowing down. And, like, this year is going to be really, mm-hmm. really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as far as, like, a supply chain goes, I also saw a thing about um, uh, computer chips right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a major computer chip shortage because uh, we're having, like, issues with uh, places like uh, Ford. Ford has, like, their new line of, like, uh, F-150s that they're, like, trying to, like, drop for this year. But they just have a bunch of them in, like, lots doing nothing mm-hmm. because they can't finish the car 
without the computer chips for uh, the like infotainment systems, like um, or like uh, just like radios, like you know, uh, the Apple display, dashboard, all mm-hmm. the little features. So um, that slowed them down significantly. And oh, you're also seeing um, cars being like uh, like overblown in like prices because oh, yeah. um, they get there's like a shortage of cars, like mm-hmm. of like new cars, I guess I should say. So if you want the car with like the cool features, you might have to pay like. 5k extra yeah or you're waiting for two mm-hmm. years exactly so. exactly which like no one is gonna do it's yeah. like it's really wild how much um you know one pandemic uh can uh change uh, an entire world huh i know it's crazy and i wonder how long it's gonna take to recover if we ever recover, <laughs> <laughs> will we? I don't know. I don't think we'll recover in the way that we think we will. Yeah. Uh, as far as like things going back to how they I used think to it's be. just like right. a whole new direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is good. We well, needed mm-hmm. a new direction. 100%. Like, I, I hope that during this like, you know, big like massive change of like, you know, uh, people working from home, having worker shortages, um, just like uh, like overall distress with like you know the communities, um, people not wanting to be inside, just uh, the little like things that like a lot of people took for granted, um, people not realizing oh wow I actually care about this like you mm-hmm. know specific thing. I hope with like that amount of like transgression that's like overall government decides to make a change or just like local government too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we got elections but, coming up. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know, dude. Shucking. I like yeah. local I, stuff. The local. This is the local stuff. That's yeah, what's, yeah. it's way more important. Of it course, of course, matters. it is important. But I more than occasionally lack faith in our local government because yeah. most I do. politicians are. Oh no, yeah, good. even even the local guys. Even even though that's where it matters, mm-hmm. like they're also most of the time. I feel like looking out for their interests, or yeah. even if they do go in with you know dreams of changing things mm-hmm. and with good intent. They're still, it's them against an entire system that's yeah. being upheld by everyone oh, yeah. else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and you kind of have to conform and yeah. you know, be buddy-buddy, which means you're not going to necessarily. Like, well, I mean, otherwise, you drown. Because, yeah. like, um, it's either conform or die is, like, what I see a lot in politics. Conform or don't get reelected. Yeah, so yeah. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. So if you don't follow the rules, if you're not, like, if you're not part of the gang, no. We can't fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who around you inspires you to improve and like uh, get better and like reach your goals as far as like um, building wealth? I guess we'll say. In terms of building wealth, or maybe just like succeeding with sure. your yeah. like life and career goals, mm-hmm. would even be that. Um. So I think. In terms of building wealth, my mom is someone I really look up to. I mean, she has done such a great job of saving for retirement. I mean, she's in such a good place. And it's it's impressive, honestly. I mean, she was a first-generation college student, you know, didn't really start her career until she was probably 29 or 30. And she has saved a lot of money. She hates having loans and stuff, so she pays things off as fast as she can. Mm And it's just really impressive. Um, so she's definitely someone I look up to. And I I often ask her questions, too, you know, like, yeah. what should I do for my 401k or this or that? Um, so she's been a great resource to me. Then I think in terms of just, like, reaching 
career goals. I have a really good friend, Chloe, who's only a couple years older than me. So it's not like she's reached her ultimate career goals uh, or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Like, even yeah. if, like, someone is, like you know, a few steps ahead or just, like, helping you, like, plan yourself. Like, yeah. you're doing it together, you know? Yeah, and the thing about Chloe is she is has just this work, this insane work ethic where she puts her mind to something, and not only does she do it, but she does it to this, like, just amazing level. You know, like, she gives her work her all and her passion, and you can tell. And I think the company she works for can tell and she's going to go places, you know, like mm. you can already, you know, when you can tell that someone's going places, yeah. mm. she's going places. And so I look up to her because some days I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Oh, I do not want to try today. I don't want to try. <laughs> but then I get a text from Chloe and I'm like, oh, yeah. Chloe's trying so much harder yeah. than mm. my level of normal try yeah. is. So, yeah. but don't you like love that feeling though? Like, uh, like someone challenging you to mm-hmm. like do better because, like, I've, like, I've definitely had, like, friends in my life where um they were, like, uh doing something that, like, I was also doing, whether it be, like, you know, working out or just, like, um improving, like, uh, uh homework, classes, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, you know, they'll, like, you know, bully me or, like, you know, show something off that they did better. And then I'm like, all right, you know, that's enough of this. Yeah. You know, I gotta gotta mm-hmm. deflate the head a bit. Uh-huh. So, um you know, then I have to, like, start hustling hard. So, like, you know, shut them up and, you know, uh regain my supremacy yeah totally no i mean it's there's i mean and it feels good to work hard at something and feel like you did a good job so there's definitely something to be said about that i feel like i'm trying to balance right now like working hard and having a hard work ethic and also taking care of myself and making sure that i'm not giving into like american capitalism Uh ideals where you just work work, work. and there was another question that i was that that kind of segues into is how do you balance like the needs of the company, like of you, you know, your job that you're doing for them on a day to day basis versus like your needs, both, both like mentally mm-hmm. in the mental health aspect. And then also like, you know, uh, checking yourself as far as like checking your wealth and making sure like you're satisfied in your position or just, you know, in life. Yeah. That's something I'm still trying to figure out. I think the first, in the first, you know, whatever, four or five months of my job, I have kind of decided that after a certain time in the afternoon or evening, I'm done. You know, I'm closing my computer. I'm not looking at emails. Mm. You kind of have to. You have to be like, yeah, there's still work that I could do. I'm not going to do it. I'll do it tomorrow morning. And so that's one, like, almost boundary I've set where I'm like, you know, it's so easy when you work from home that to yeah. just work and work and work. And get everything done. But it's not healthy. It's not good for you. Yeah. Um, and then I think other than that, I'm I'm super honest with my manager. And if I'm having a bad day and he's like, how are you? I'm like, not good. <laughs> I'm not doing well. Having a bad day. I need to like eat some good food and go to bed early. Mm-hmm. You know, and those that is helpful if you have a good manager, which luckily I do. They're mm. usually receptive to those things because they've experienced them themselves. And yeah. I think everyone's going through a level of burnout right now. And so, honestly, I think I'm just at a point where I'm like, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I'm just going to be honest and make sure that my boundaries are set. Because otherwise, there's no way that you can take care of your mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, And if you don't take care of that, then how can you do your job? I think it's super major that you realize that because 
I don't think um, a lot of people our age um, take that into account, like making sure that like, you know, you're always like centered um, and you're not like pushing yourself too hard to like um, achieve like, you know, your like goals for like uh, mm -hmm. your company. Um, because uh, just like you said, like, you know, we like see a lot of like burnout with like people like, you know, trying like hustle, 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 like, you know, like uh, meet your deadlines, um, you know, like put in like the extra like efforts, like, you know, impress whoever. Right. And like these things are good, but uh, anything in excess is just going to like hurt you. Right. Um, so knowing where to set your boundaries, I think is super major and like really, really mature of yourself. Uh, considering you are 22 so like <laughs> yeah yeah no like um you have definitely been brought up very well <laughs> thanks yeah I don't I think the other aspect of it too that sometimes people don't think about is if if you're always available to your co-workers people are going to take advantage mm -hmm. of that but without trying uh, but if you're it, what's always the thing? it's like um mm -hmm. If you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Yeah, if you give them an inch, you'll take a mile. So if you're that person who, even at the beginning of your career, is like, I, I'm i not going to be online past this time because I need to take care of myself, then that will continue throughout your career, and people will respect that. Mm -hmm. If you're someone who's like, well, you know, if you really need it done, I'm gonna get, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do it for you tonight, people are going to ask you to do that every day. Me. Yeah. <laughs> So you have to be yeah. able to be like, uh-uh, yeah. uh -huh. not That's tonight. That's a huge thing is being able to say no. Yeah. And, you yeah. have to be your own advocate. Yeah. And that's hard to do sometimes, mm -hmm. but it's important. No, like you have to fight for yourself in the workplace because mm -hmm. like... Um, no one else is going to do it for you. Exactly. You think they will, but they uh, won't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially, like you said, in this like uh, corporate America that we live in, um, you like in a lot of these like big companies, you are expected to like... Um, go the extra mile even though it's like you, like you, you it's, it was nowhere inside the uh, job application that you had to go this extra mile <laughs> yeah um it's just like do what you can and mm -hmm. like i don't think anybody's ever going to complain about that just like you said I, like i don't yeah. even have to, like too much else to add on there i feel like if you really are doing your best and some days doing your best might mean you're not even putting in all your effort obviously mm -hmm. but you're still doing what you can then like no one can ask much more of you. Yeah. If you really care and you're doing what you can, you're doing your job. Okay. So That's then, kind of my viewpoint. Yep. And I mean, <laughs> with like corporate America, like why would you, you know, give, go the extra mile, especially if you're not like receiving credit for that or mm -hmm. like being, uh, true, being overlooked. Yeah. Oh right. my God. That's like, I, I hate that feeling, especially when like you're actually like, doing more than like everyone else around you or like most people around you mm -hmm. and like it's like looked at as something trivial yeah something i have um realized though in my first couple months of work is that a lot of people do the bare minimum to not get fired <laughs> in corporate america they do the bare minimum they yeah. do their job well <laughs> that they need to do there's the old saying where uh companies pay their employees uh, just enough so that they won't quit and workers work just enough so that they don't get fired. Exactly. <laughs> so honestly, it's, <laughs> it's true. Uh -huh. But honestly, if you do want to be recognized, it's not that hard. Uh -huh. Like you just put in a little bit extra effort mm -hmm. and you do. I mean, yeah, I have been recognized twice already for doing things that weren't that difficult, mm -hmm. but no one else was doing them. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And sometimes it's just the little things. Yeah, it's just the little things. It's not even like I did a big project yep. or anything. And I feel like 
you know, some companies are catching on to like, you know, recognition, mm-hmm. like having proper recognition for their employees when they're doing extra, extra things to step up. But then others might still be in the dust where, you know, they lose an employee because they, they lose a good employee because they weren't, you know, keeping up with them mm-hmm. and taking care of them. Well, and I think that's something that'll come out of this pandemic too is like companies are going to have to watch their, their employee retention because more and more employees are like, you know what, I'm not going to do that or I want something better. Mm-hmm. I want something different. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's really good. Um, you know, people. And they have to be responsive. Yeah. They Otherwise, do. it's just going to be reduced hours, store closed mm-hmm. all the time. Taking well, care of their employees is in the best interest of their business, I think. Because yeah. I feel like what it comes down to is like not feeling like you're stuck in the rat race. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to be trapped in a job that like you like truly dislike. Um, you feel like you're working there just to like, you know, make money. Mm-hmm. Um, you wake up every morning not happy to be at work or not happy to go to work. And like, I feel like that's like the ultimate scare after like graduating college, like getting a job that you actually like despise. And I feel like as Americans, we're like raised and brought up to think that we should get like our dream job that we're going to love every day. We're going to wake up and love our job. But I feel like that's a a bad mentality to have unless I mean unless you absolutely get the job that you love but if you do good for you yeah. I mean yeah. um but I feel like for the most part in a like a career it shouldn't be like frowned upon if like you're having a bad day and you like like you said your manager lets you off early you're having a bad day and you just are not really liking your job mm-hmm. for a couple days but it doesn't mean you can't still enjoy your life after the after work, oh, yeah. after the fact. There's been days where I literally can't stand my job and I'm, you know, like stressed and I just whatever it is. Um but it's I don't I enjoy my job other times and sometimes it's not the best and other times it's great and I like the people. Mm-hmm. So it's give and take and is it my dream job? Prob I mean my dream job, I don't even mm-hmm. know what it would be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah, it's it's weird to put pressure on people like if you're not doing exactly what you're passionate about then you're not you're living you're not I, living I think your best even life or something. That's yeah. like um that like pressure that's like put on kids or like um like that very like idealistic like you know American dream like mm-hmm. you know go and chase your dream or like you know do what you're like passionate about is like um kind of unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like a lot of like people just like no matter like what point uh, like what stage in your life you are in, you don't even really know what you like want to be doing. You just uh, know uh, what you're doing right now is like you know kind of cool. Uh, maybe I could be doing something else that I like will enjoy more later. Mm-hmm. But you're not gonna find that out until like you know you do the work to like get to that place where you can like see oh. Um, I think doing this would be like more fun. I think I would have like uh, I have like more benefits like gain from doing this as opposed to this, and that can like come in like a lot of different shapes and sizes. Yeah, and I I also think if you're always thinking about what you could be doing instead of what you are doing, you never mm-hmm. give yourself a chance to like pat yourself on the back. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like five years ago, I would have never thought that I would have had a job lined up before I graduated, and like I would be learning all these things that I had no prior knowledge about, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, even that is a win. And if you're always thinking about like, oh, well, I could be doing this instead, then you're, 
I feel like just not even recognizing mm-hmm. how far you have exactly. gotten. Exactly. Like you have to be mm-hmm. in like the now and like, you know, focus on what you're doing mm-hmm. in the moment. Because uh, tomorrow hasn't come yet, you know. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. like, wait, what are you doing? Like focusing on something that you can't even like be in, right? Oh, yeah. Um. But besides that, on your journey to being so successful, um, <laughs> do you think you've made? Uh, you've had any like major mistakes or just like stuff that you think um, you could have gone about better? And like this can be like really anything. Something that you've learned from. Yeah, I've learned a lot. Um, honestly, since, since like junior, senior year of college, I think I've done a lot of growing as everyone has in that period of time. And as much as it's like cliche and you hate to say it, you learn way more from people than you do from anything else. And so, yeah, I have made some mistakes. Like I have not been my best self all the time, have not represented myself the best. I have definitely not been the best friend at times. I have befriended people who weren't the best friends to me. You know, like I have gone through plenty of experiences like that. And I think what I've learned from that is everyone is human. (laughs) (laughs) And that's cliche too. Yeah. No, I I, I don't look at it as at all because you're, you're right. We are only human to like yeah. expect like more of yourself than that is like ludicrous. Yeah, so you have to like forgive yourself and forgive other people and just let it go. Move just on. let it go. Yeah. You can't like I think I spent a lot of years holding like anger inside of me and it yeah. really was poison. Ate me alive. And, you know, there's still things that I I obviously haven't completely healed or moved on from that I find myself getting angry about at times. And I'm like, you know what? You can't. There's nothing you can do about it. You Mm -hmm. can't, you know, like you can only control your reaction to it. Well, how did you get in the headspace to like even be able to move on? Oh, it took years. Honestly, I didn't get in that headspace until COVID hit. Yeah. Um, Because right before COVID is when I was having some problems with friends and I like ended up moving out of the house that I was in, um, and it was it was a horrible experience. Sometimes roommates can be <laughs> difficult. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, can be hard. Very aware. Super hard. So I moved out, and then COVID happened, and I was living at home with my parents and my little brother, and I just felt this overwhelming sense of relief. I was like, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to be anything to anyone. I can literally just focus on myself. And that's when I actually started like reading books about mental health and going to therapy pretty often and like checking in with myself. And ever since then, things have gone way better for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just, I felt like before COVID, I was just one thing after another and mm-hmm. I never stopped. Just Did you feel down. like you had to like put a lot of like uh, faces on for people? Cause like you, you mentioned yeah. like, um, just, like having to do things for like different people and just like um, being you you know, putting faces on yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I think, you know, something something I think I am very interested in, like existentialism and something uh-huh. that I think gets brought up a lot. And existentialism is like you don't know exactly who you are and you don't know exactly who everyone else is either, mm-hmm. which I think is very true. Like everyone's forever changing and you can't really say you completely 100 percent know yourself mm-hmm. because – it's, it's hard. It's, I mean, it's like a yeah. lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. And you, you know, act different around different people mm-hmm, yeah. and different circumstances. And so you're never like, you know, like you can not know yourself and still be authentic. Like mm-hmm. you can still be those two things. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah. So what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Putting on faces for other oh, people. Yeah. So I think, I think part of what happens too sometimes when you like haven't totally healed or checked in with yourself or done self-reflection is that you just are always putting on a face because you're uncomfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to be yourself around other people. You're not even yourself around yourself, yeah. I guess, Yeah. if that makes any no, sense. No, 100%. So I think it, it. I had to literally just like sit with myself and reflect and it feels super uncomfy. I hated it. Mm-hmm. You know, I still don't like it sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, live. Like, mm-hmm. you really fucked that yeah. up, like, you know? Reflecting on, like, yeah. your, your own life and your everything life, that's happened to you. Mistakes you've made, things yeah. that have happened to you, or, like, your reactions to them. And, like, you know, it's – I try not to be too harsh on myself. I think I was always pretty hard on myself, which didn't help. Mm-hmm. You can't be mm-hmm. too hard on yourself. But um, – Like you said earlier – you're only human. You're only human. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it took COVID and me having actual time and space and a, a little extra energy to just sit with myself. Yeah. And then I started being like, okay, you know, like how this is who I am. This is who I want to be. Like, how do I get there? See, I think it's really interesting you say that because I think uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people had trouble being alone with themselves, alone mm-hmm. with their thoughts, like, you know, having to be like uh, retrospective about like, you know, where they are in their life, you know, um, uh, figuring out like what happiness means to them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's like happiness attached to like, you know, being outside. So, um, again, I like give you major props, like, you know, being able to like, uh, do that, like, you know, mm-hmm. like not being like uncomfortable to, uh, realize that, like, you know, like, uh, you, you have to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that is, it is okay to get help because, yeah. um, one thing like I try to like super, super push right now is therapy. Um, you know, it's like, uh, you can like talk to your friends as much as you want to and they're gonna like do the best that they can, but they are not professionals. They're and not like, professionals, you no. know, it's like very draining for like, you know, like your close friends too. It's like, it um, is you know, uh, not constantly, but like have to like, you know, just always be there to like, you know, like help you like back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, th- this, uh, don't get me wrong. That's definitely like, you know, a friend thing to do, Yeah. but, um, a professional, it can be a lot. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. And like a professional can like take that, like a uh, weight off of them mm-hmm. and that weight off of you. Um, uh, by giving you like discussion and, uh, practices that can like, uh, help you, recenter yourself like you know like uh, give you better practices for like mental health and uh realize that it is okay to be human it's okay to not be okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's too. that's too. and Absolutely. um we i feel like it's just it's so easy to fall into that trap of like you know uh if i'm not happy then something is wrong i'm doing something wrong uh-huh. something wrong with me but uh-huh. like in reality no one's happy all the time mm-hmm. No one's 100% happy all day long. Exactly. Like, like it, you'd be fucking like insane that. if you were, like... Yeah, you'd be probably, like, a narcissist or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, you wouldn't have any empathy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, and uh, that's what I, like... I'm, like, kind of torn with this, like, saying of, like, um, we're all in the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And, like... I I like the saying because like you know you're like you on one side you want to be like always like um uh trying to like you know uh be in a good place like you know like be somewhere where you're happy um and like you know doing anything to achieve that but at the same time or on the other side um it's okay to like you know not always be happy like you know mm-hmm. in order to like appreciate the happiness that you do have 
you know, you have to be like sad sometimes. You have to go through stuff. Um, oh, Because, sure. like, that's, like, what builds who you are as a person. Yeah. And, like, gives you character. Because, um, like you said, uh, if you're just happy all the time, you're probably a fucking narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have so many bad days, I can't even tell you. But it does absolutely, like, again, as cliche as it sounds, like, it makes the good days or even the okay days, like, it gets you through the bad mm-hmm. ones, you know, which is probably part of what life's about (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean because i i don't know it's like it's really hard to chase perfection um and like i think i definitely like struggle with that a lot as well you're a perfectionist uh very much so Uh like that's uh, hard that's hard (laughs) man i'm sorry (laughs) and and, like i've had this like issue since like i've been like really young because like um i always like uh strive to like you know be like you know better than like everyone around me like you know wanting to um you know shine the brightest like you know um i i probably shouldn't do this but i pride myself very much though on like my very inflated ego um but i realize sometimes damn i can't do everything (laughs) (laughs) and that's you're not supposed to do everything you know like if you could do everything no one would want to be your friend people would be like oh this dude can do everything Mm -hmm. like let's not be his friend you know but at the same time i kind of like that thought (laughs) yeah i mean i'm sure you can do almost everything Uh, but thank you thank you for continuing (laughs) to inflate my ego Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I was a perfectionist when I was younger, and then I really lost that as mm-hmm. I got older because I was like, oof, I don't care enough for that. Yeah. yeah. But my friend Chloe, who I talked about earlier, is a mm-hmm. perfectionist, and that's part of her work ethic, as yeah. I'm sure it is yours. I'm sure it's very stressful, too. Stressful, yeah. Oh, 100%. Because um, uh, for me, like, specifically, it's what I'm to, trying to do most of the time is just prove people wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I, I, I'm i definitely – I understand that, like, uh, trying to, like, prove people wrong is kind of like a pointless effort. Just you just because... reword it to, like, proving yourself right? It sounds way better. <laughs> you know, if you're like, I'm not trying to prove uh, people wrong. I'm trying uh, to prove myself right. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm, like, very – like I said, very egotistical – so, like, um, when people look down on me, I, like, despise that so much. So I have to, like, hmm, mm. I have to trample on you now. <laughs> um, I get that, yeah. And, like, that's something that I'm definitely, like, you know, going on my journey to, like, you know, like, uh, calm down and realize, hmm, take it at your own pace. Uh, who cares what these other people are doing? Um, you have to, like, mm-hmm. look at things you can't do or don't do well and not equate it with weakness. Yeah. Sounds like maybe that's what you do. Mm. Oh, a lot, definitely. Yeah. I, that's something I, like, the thing that I've struggled with is I always used to, and still do, um, like, equate vulnerability with weakness. Like, I always thought if I was vulnerable with people, like, my feelings and, like, showed them my insecurities and my weaknesses, mm-hmm. that it meant I was weak. And, and they'd, like, take advantage of you And they'd take advantage, and I wouldn't be able to trust them with that information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just in the past probably half a year been like working on being more honest with people like Mm -hmm. my friends because I was always, I've been going to therapy for years and I'm always honest with my therapist. Mm -hmm. I was someone who wasn't always honest with my friends because it felt more difficult for me. And so now I've been working on like saying to my friends, I'm going through a hard time right now and I actually do need help. You know, like that's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard to do for 100%. me. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, to try and like reconstruct your 
your message to yourself and be like, okay, just because I'm saying I need help doesn't mean I'm mm -hmm. weak or just because I'm not good at this yeah. doesn't mean I'm incapable of other things. Mm -hmm. So a it's lot hard. Of that. Like everyone's going to value like certain like skills yeah. or abilities yeah. that you have over like other things. Mm -hmm. So it's like if someone's like viewing you as weak for like expressing yourself or telling them how you feel like that's not someone you really want to be around even. Yeah. So. Right. But it doesn't mean that that's not like a fear your brain, like your yeah. ego is going to have, you know? Mm. I, I think a lot of that um, comes from like the very like uh, toxic masculinity slash like patriarchal oh, like totally. in a society that we totally. live in. Yes. Um, because like uh, I know like, you know, far too many like men, um, that are more than incapable of like, you know, expressing themselves, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, like definitely the like feeling vulnerable, like, you know, have, uh, knowing that it's okay to like have emotions mm -hmm. and tell people, you know, damn, I'm not okay today. Like, well, cause emotions have always been something that people consider feminine mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. feminine you know, characteristics have always been looked down upon. Yeah. So no one wants to express any mm -hmm. sort of feminine characteristics. And I think that's been slowly changing over time yeah. and maybe changing a little faster now. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I'd be amazed at how many people still, though, are, like, so many toxically masculine, mm -hmm. which, like, I sometimes it's, like, you know, it's how they were raised. It's, like, who they were around. It's and not like how they necessarily up, their like, fault. Yeah. yeah. No. And not, not even that, like... You know, not that even like it's like the worst thing ever, but then like, you know, when you're like laughing or like making jokes out of like mm -hmm. putting other people down because they're expressing themselves, you know, that's where it becomes toxic. Right. Because then you're encouraging <laughs> the put downs mm -hmm. by laughing at it or whatever. And yeah. I'm, I think it just comes down to like uh, these like uh, very societal like norms of mm -hmm. like, um, you know, uh, like the best example I can think of is like, you know, uh, people calling each other like, uh, or dudes calling like each other like pussy as like, you know, mm -hmm. an insult. Um, which I think is like, I think the most toxic you can probably get to. Yeah. Cause, um, it's, it's like a pussy birthed you. Uh, so exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like, what are you trying to say? Let's, you know, roll back that uh, tape. <laughs> and like, it's, it's really hard to like, um, oh, I shouldn't say it's, no, I will say it is really hard to like break these norms because like mm -hmm. they've been like so like deeply ingrained in our and society. And then like the whole counter argument is like, well, like you can do whatever you want, just quit trying to push your agenda on me or something. Mm -hmm. You know, like let me be who I'm going to be, but like you weren't letting us be who we wanted to be in the yeah. first place. So absolutely, you know, yeah, that's a good turn point. Turn it around. That's a good <laughs> point. Yeah, I don't know. It's. <sighs> I hope that things start to change a little bit faster than they mm -hmm. are because not only does it suck for women and people of all genders, but it's hard for men too, you know, to feel like they can't, ex I mean, you guys are men. So mm -hmm. yeah, you to feel like you couldn't express your emotions or cry or, I mean, oh, I'm yeah. sure you guys experienced that. Like, oh, mm -hmm. it took me a long time to like, like the way I was raised was I had like, I had three male uncles and then my dad. So I was like, you know, raised on very masculine values mm -hmm. and like bottling up your emotions and stuff. And it took me a while, like even into college until I've like felt like I was okay opening up with myself right. and the people around me. And that's why so many violent crimes happen by males because mm -hmm. 
they're not taught that they can express their emotions yeah, in other like ways. They're a like a bunch of pents up, just like yeah. emotions, aggression that you don't know how to deal with. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're taught the only way they can express emotion is through aggression. Mm-hmm. That's it, or violence, or yeah. what mm-hmm. you know, like proving you're stronger, yeah. and better than the uh-huh. other person. That's like which is in messed my mind, up. In my mind, it's like a primitive thing. It's very mm-hmm. primitive. It's fighting. Yes. In my Caveman. mind now nowadays, fighting is just dumb. There's no. Mm-hmm. No point to it. Why? Why are you doing that? You're just hurting yourself, embarrassing yourself, and hurting somebody else. Mm -hmm. And for what? You're like stronger or something. You're like tougher. Yeah. Yeah. Cavemen. Yeah, cavemen. (laughs) And I think part of it goes back to like I, I took a family studies class my last semester in college, and it was so interesting. I just took it because I needed four more credits. But it talked about just, like, the difference between, like, you know, it matters how you're raised. It matters how children are raised. And the different in, difference in, like, workload between men and women in households and the difference between, like, actual child caretaking between men and women in households, like, dads just don't do that much <laughs> they just honestly like not all dads obviously yeah, unless, you're some, Bobo. unless you're Bobo there's some great dads out yep. there Lorenzo's stay at home dad like, yep. incredible but there's a lot it's like almost a pandemic I feel like uh-huh. the because it's like women all, who are mothers and whose spouse don't do a lot to help them out have if they work full-time, they have two full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. They have two full-time jobs, and 100%. one of those are is unpaid labor. Yeah. Like, that's what it mm-hmm. is. And it's just incredible, like, the difference that it makes when both parents are, like, on the same page and mm-hmm. doing the same work. And it's, yeah. you know, like, if you equate chores or, like, you know, categorize chores under genders and stuff like that mm. like you're gonna run into so many yeah. problems like, and like i we can all do the dishes you know <laughs> yeah. like stuff like that is like super super stupid um but how but, many there's so many families that uh, are like that yeah no. they're just traditional and you're, you're like yeah. why a man will not touch the dish yeah will not touch the dishes. or even last names you guys so many mm-hmm. people without question take their husband's last names mm-hmm. they don't even question it and i'm like do you know what that tradition is mm-hmm. you took your husband's last name because you became his property when you married him that's what mm-hmm. that tradition is you had your dad's last name because you were your mm-hmm. dad's property and your dad walks you down the aisle and gives you to your husband and you take your husband's last name because you become his property that's what that tradition is no one questions it. I'm like, come on, guys. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know? I actually did not know that history. Yeah, either, so that's the thank tradition. Thank you for educating me. It's, it blows my mind. I'm like, you guys, we got to do something. <laughs> no, like, it's these these gender norms are, like, really ridiculous. But I think um, we are slowly, like, uh, kind of going through, like, um, a renaissance of um, emotions, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because we're seeing a lot of people being like more progressive with like um, how they're building families, how they're building relationships, um, you know, uh, putting value into things that aren't necessarily uh, gender specific. Uh, because I think uh, putting together like a family specifically is like something that is a, a partnership between like, you know, uh, yourself and your partner. So to say that uh, this person has to do this and this person has to do this uh, just because your parents did it like that or mm-hmm. like their parents did yeah. it like that or you saw it somewhere like that. I feel like, you know, is, the two partners. Oh, sorry. Finish your thought. I was just going to say like it. What works is um, 
coming together and putting together a system that works for the two of you Mm -hmm. where you can be happy and not end up resenting each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously for the betterment of the family that you're having. Whether, whether yeah. that be children or maybe you just have a family of pets, dogs right. and cats. So. Yeah. Families can be mm. any shape or size or whatever. All I care about. Doesn't have to have kids. How about the... No dis- more broken families. Yeah. That's, all That's I how I feel too, God. Broken, I mean, it's hard. My parents are divorced and it's hard. And like, I, they didn't get divorced until I was 22. Mm. And it's, oh, wow. you know, like, my brother's only 15 though. Yeah. But yeah, and part of that is because honestly... My mom was both parents. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's so many families. It's, you know, it's a problem. I totally agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I don't mean to be like, um, uh, I don't know what you, word I would use to describe that situation. But, like, I, I agree because, like, my parents yeah. are divorced. And it's, like, a big thing that affects, like, children. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects, like, children the most because, like, I think um, after these, like, breakups or, like, even during the, like, relationship, uh, there's, like, a lot of, like, built-up resentments yeah. that, um, you know, these, like, parents are, like, growing towards each other. And it, like, uh, kind of no longer becomes about, like, the children, mm-hmm. which, like, you know, you guys, like, agreed, okay, hey, let's have this kid and, like, you know, like, give them, like, the best life that they can. Like, agreement kind of, like, falls apart, you know, somewhere through like however many years and i feel like some people don't even have that agreement going uh, into it they're like let's have this kid because we want a kid uh, not because we want to give it the best life yeah. see oh yeah, that's like i i hate that thing. i hate it like, so much you know, like just don't, don't have that do kid that. don't like, don't do that man you're yeah. having that kid for selfish uh-huh, reasons uh-huh. don't do it and like what i especially hate is like people like who Try to like have a kid's like like repair relationship. Oh, or they're repair like, my marriage. life feels empty. Let me put mm-hmm. a kid in it. Uh-huh. It's like that poor kid. Yeah. There was this one this one girl that I met out on uh, Lake Superior. She said she wanted to have a kid so she could have a little buddy to, <laughs> to have throughout her whole life. <laughs> it's like get a dog, yeah. make a friend, yeah. go to the bar, make yeah. a friend. Yeah, That's yeah. a buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this like this life we live is like not easy, and um, yeah, I don't pro- want to be like hypocritical. And, I, like, I, I don't want to like, be judgmental. <laughs> I probably sound really judgmental. No, 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 because no. like these are like you know these are important opinions to have. Like you know, stand for something. Um, you, you have to stand for the things. Yeah. that, like, like you know, we you definitely are not like super hating on anyone. Uh-huh. No, like, people who's having uh-huh. a kid live your and, life uh-huh. how you want to live it. Mm-hmm. This is just my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely stand on, like, don't have kids if, like, you, like, aren't prepared to do that. Well, I will, like, yeah. I'm doing them a disservice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're doing yourself a disservice, too. Like, yeah. that's just, it's not good for anyone involved. Yeah. But, you know, adults are kind of like morons. Uh, because oh, yeah. a lot of us, like, <laughs> even, days. like, now, I don't really <laughs> consider myself to be an adult just because, like. I'm just a big teenager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you. Too. Growing up and like this, like you know, a whole like adulthood thing, mm-hmm. I feel like is a really big scam. Because like even growing up, like I like realized things about my parents, like oh damn, they don't even know what they're doing. Yeah, you know, they're still figuring it it's out. Like Nobody knows. Doctor, what doctors and teachers, like growing up, you think they're just like the magic wizards mm-hmm. yeah. who can wave their wand yeah. and like. Well, that's, that's the thing about like medicine everything. specifically. Like medicine, like it, whenever like you go to some place, it's called a practice yeah. because it's like they are practicing. They like don't actually know what they're doing 
It's like a continued process where mm-hmm. they're like accumulating, accumulating knowledge and learning new things. You're like one of their data points. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, yeah. Like they're they always learning. Point on the you graph. Are always, it's, it's a all, practice. It's all the questionnaires. Yeah. That's why you have to sit in the waiting room uh-huh. for so long and fill it all out. That's also, true. Well, what's your password? It's my name. Oh, uh, Will? Yep. W I capital. You just outed me on the podcast, dude. <laughs> my name's Cooper, not Will. <laughs> Damn it. I hope no one gets a hold of Will's laptop. Cooper's no, no. laptop. I, no, well, I actually I looked at our like demographic for like um our podcast and like it's like mostly like people from like Minnesota and like the St. Paul, Minneapolis area. Hello There's, like, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting a local yeah. podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> But and we, a also, local beer. we also <laughs> have a bunch beer. of like random people in like uh we have people in California watch listening to us. We oh, have people yeah. in Texas listening to us. Um uh we have people in like the UK as well. No How are way. you doing, uh-huh. Texas? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah okay no, dude. down there. Dallas <laughs> <laughs> Is everything okay in Texas? Are you guys okay? Houston coming at you. <laughs> coming at you live. <laughs> mm. Um, okay. Uh, so I guess since we're the main topic of today was like supposed to be about, um, careers, yeah, careers. building your, like yeah, having I, a career. Can build- you tell me a bit about your work politics? Gosh. Okay. So I would actually say the work culture that I've experienced so far is really good. It's yeah. positive. It feels pretty inclusive. Um, I'm also a white woman, so, you know, take that with what you will, (laughs) grain of salt, perhaps. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I, the one thing I will say is because I'm in finance, there's a lot more men, white men in particular, who are like middle-aged than there is any other demographic. And that's, that's something that I know is, is trying to be changed, um, at a lot of different companies, including mine. But it is something that I noticed right off the bat. You know, like, I can't tell you how many meetings I've been in, finance meetings where I'm, it's just all men and me, mm-hmm. and I'm also the youngest one. And so it's like, you know, it's never, I've never felt like they are, don't take me seriously or anything like that. Um, but it is one of those things where you're like, you don't really feel comfortable bringing up your perspective of things in the meeting. You just don't feel like that space has been opened mm-hmm. for you. You think kinda? it's just because they won't like relate as to much as much as to yeah. what you're saying, or like you're just like kind of fearing like the judgment from them. Or part something. of it is just my own fear. Okay. Absolutely, I'm not going to disregard that. But I do think part of it is they don't do enough of like. Olivia, what do you think? Yeah. You know, like, we know, like, you are new to this company. What's You're your like perspective? You're like the next generation for the company, right. too. Like, And, like, I might not know, a, you know, 80% of the things they're talking about, but I could probably get the gist of most of it. Mm-hmm. And if they even just took, like, a couple more seconds to be like, Olivia, do you have any thoughts? Even if I don't have any thoughts, I'll be like, oh, well, I agree with what you said. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But that is lacking. That's something that's lacking. And I, I'm not, I don't just think, I'm not sure if it's just because I'm a woman or whatever. But I think it definitely has a lot to do with uh, you being a woman. Yeah. Just I, because, like, that is, like, again, like the toxic uh, masculinity. They don't even realize like, they're yeah, doing it, probably. Exactly. Oh, no, because, like, yeah. it's, it's an ingrained thing. It's an know? ingrained thing. 
And I'm also, you know, so new. And Mm so I'm more like someone who would be opt to just like share my opinion without being asked Mm -hmm. because I usually feel comfortable doing that. But because I'm so new at this company and don't know what I'm doing yet that well, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable doing that yet. But are you like asking questions though? Yeah. I ask questions, but sometimes it's like when you are so new to something, you don't even know what to ask. Yeah. You know, so I like sit there and I take, I take notes. I write down questions. Um, and sometimes I, I'll like interrupt and ask them and stuff, Mm -hmm. but you know, because everyone's working from home, they're in meetings all day long and they're like, this person just asked another question, <laughs> you know? No, like, okay. That's, like, like the thing they teach you in, like, school, yeah. though. Like, you know, like, never be afraid to ask questions. Right. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Yeah. Because, like, you're learning and trying to, like, figure things out. And uh-huh. if anything, I don't think anyone is going to, like, scowl at you for asking a question. Right. Because, like, I can't even, know, half the time, they don't have their cameras on, yeah. so I want to know anyways. Exactly. Like, they're, like, I feel like... They're going to be happy that you're engaged in the discussion, wanting to, like, know more and understand things. And, like, like you were saying, like, earlier about, like, you know, like, impressing people with the little things. I think that's one of the biggest, like, little things Mm -hmm. you can do, like, uh, being engaged in, like, the work you're doing in, like, these meetings, you know, asking questions, starting discussions, you know. So, like, um, and it definitely gives you a lot of, like, presence. Like, you know, like, hey, I'm here and I'm opinionated and I have things to say. That's a really good point. I That's something that I've been trying to work on. I think I also just have, like, a little bit of meeting anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I'm, it's I'm, like you're on a stage. Like it's everyone's like you're watching on a stage. You. And most of the people I work with are a lot older than me and have a lot more experience, speak a lot more eloquently, mm-hmm. use all the right <laughs> vocabulary. And, I, you know, so sometimes I don't even know what words, yeah. what the word – I'm, like, Googling on the side. <laughs> like, what is this word? You know, or like, yeah. <laughs> how do I calculate this? Uh-huh. Whatever. So that's definitely part of it. And I think as I spend more time at the company, I'll be able to. Uh-huh. It's a lot of have learning on the fly. It's right. a lot of learning on the fly. And when you're learning a job remotely, you're kind of on an island. You know, you're not, you don't have someone right next to you in a cubicle who you can mm-hmm. be like, hey, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. I don't know. So that's that's kind of like obviously there's a lot of advantages to uh, working at home remotely. Mm-hmm. You can work on your own time, but that's kind of like a downfall right there. Is if you do need that extra help, then it's more steps away. Yeah, it's like an email away or a phone call, away. right? Or like an IM or, and I think part of the thing is too because we're all working from home. Any meeting that you're even remotely involved with the topic even if it's like not in your jurisdiction but it could be you're mm-hmm. invited to the meeting <laughs> you know and you're like i guess i should go it's almost this. like a waste of time wouldn't you say yeah i like, mean you're pulling someone away from uh, like a valuable job yeah. that they're doing mm-hmm. well and a lot of people work during meetings anyways they're doing stuff on the side so it's like you know, people will ask someone a question in the meeting and then like 30 seconds later, they'll be like, can you repeat that? You know, you're like, you know, they're working. Well, yeah. What do these meetings like entail? Like if you're like getting pulled away from like your active work that you're doing, like Mm -hmm. what are, what are these discussions about? So sometimes I don't know even until I get to the meeting. I'm just invited to the meeting and I'm like, you know, I'll ask my manager, like, what is this meeting? And sometimes Uh. he doesn't know either. He's like, honestly, (laughs) So we'll get there and I'm like, okay, you know, they'll, and you know, I'll sometimes I'll be like, what is this? Why am I here? (laughs) You know, kind of question. And they'll explain it. And then, you know, it makes more sense. But 
I mean, most of the time, or not most of the time, but on a, on a good chunk of these meetings, it'll be like with marketing and it's just like marketing communicating with finance so that we develop a better relationship or Mm -hmm. like marketing needing finances built out for a new project, which is like, I'm here, I'm listening, but I don't know how to build out your finances for you. I don't know, you know, like you can give me all your assumptions and I'm going to look at it and tell you the number I think, but (laughs) I'm going to need a second opinion, you know, because I haven't been doing this that long. So it's definitely like, I think they invite me to all these things because it's a learning experience and Uh, I'm happy to be there. But even my manager is like, I'm not sure why I'm on this meeting. <laughs> you know, sometimes he's like, I don't know why they invited me. <laughs> I think a bit of that has to do with like kind of like a work bureaucracy. Like mm-hmm. there's like a set like way that they do things, even though it doesn't make sense. You know, they're going to like force you to like acclimate to like what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but like it, it seems like you you have been taking advantage of like the stuff that you can as far as like, um, like you said, like building those relationships mm-hmm. and like uh, trying to like uh, help each other out there. Um, but like you're still new, you're learning things new, and like, um, I, I, I'm trying to like remember where I heard this thing, but, um, most people like starting a job or like any like professional, like in the beginning of like their like uh, field or career, uh, don't really know what they're doing. I, oh, I yeah. think like, especially in like uh programming, because like, uh, that's what I did for like the, like, most of my time. As I long guess. as you um, seem like you know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, it, it's like, yes, it's like, it's a lot of like fake until you make it stuff. Oh yeah. But like most people are just like Googling stuff. Um, like mm-hmm. asking like a supervisor, uh, cause you know, it's not like, uh, going to college actually like taught you how to do this job. No. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. So you're like really figuring it out on the fly. Yeah. So I'm, there's like really no shame in that. And I feel like if you like get looked down for that, like whoever is doing that is you're a fucking moron. Yeah. Because like you had to do this too. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, I still don't know what I'm doing half the time, but when I started, I really had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I didn't. Well, look even, how far you've come. I've come a long way in just a few months. And yeah. so I'm sure I'll be even better in a few months exactly. down so, the road. So that's maybe, nice. Maybe one day you'll be the person who's helping. Right. I would like love you. to do that. I would love to do that. But yeah, I think the only thing that school really helped me with <laughs> was honestly like I write really kick-ass emails because of Word. all the English classes I took. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my so my emails are like really perfect grammar, yep. really well worded, so formal, so, so formal, so like, cordial. Like. You know, I don't. You know, sometimes I'll toss a smiley face yeah. in there, whatever. Mm. But my emails are kick-ass. The signature, so. mm, yeah, perfect. the signature. Yeah. Just, mm, I you might know? have to hit you up for some help there because I definitely, I think I struggle with my professional emails a little bit. Oh, uh, I got you, dude. I got. You. <laughs> I like have the sort pulled up I'm looking up synonyms <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like I'm really good at this just okay. watch <laughs> right. I can 100% dig that um I do cut out for a bit. Okay, uh, since we are coming to the end of uh, our episode today, uh, we have a segment that we usually do somewhere at the like you know like middle or like end section Fun. called money moves. Okay. Um, so like this is kind of just like um, a uh, what is like the word I'm looking for. Uh, kind of another like little like personal it, finance. In, not not even. Like, it's in, more in, so about insight. what's happening like in like the world oh, as far okay. as like finance, business, blah blah blah. Um, so uh, there's like a specific word for it. Um, 
I can't remember what news. it is. <laughs> yes, news. Um, Where are the markets looking? Mar- Market uh, outlook. I can't remember what the word is, but basically something's happening. Um, it's relevant to like our podcast. We'll like talk about it okay. and um, we'll get your opinion. Okay. So um, this week on Money Moves, we're going to be talking about housing and uh, housing for millennials and why uh, millennials are regretting buying houses. Mm-hmm. Are you asking me that question? That uh, what well, I'm supposed no. to answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, why okay. are millennials regretting <laughs> buying houses? Yeah, that was just like the, like the introduction into okay, it. Okay. So, um, uh, we I guess we'll like start off with just like young people like buying like houses in general. Um, so like the young family, the twenty, you know, everyone knows like a twenty-three or twenty-four-year-old couple who they're like. They just bought a house. They bought a house. Yeah, like, they're starting their family. They have know. a dog or something. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the thing with that is there are a lot of, like, barriers to entry of, like, owning a house mm-hmm. uh, that I think um, a lot of young people don't actually realize are there. Uh, for instance, um, I guess, like, the major thing when, like, starting, like, a, buying, like, a, a new house as, like, a young person is maintenance uh like mm-hmm. you know like getting like a this house that you just bought into shape because you probably couldn't buy like you know a super super nice thing probably had to like buy something yeah. needed a bit of love and a little work if you can buy a super super nice thing you're probably not doing it on your own which is you know good for you mm-hmm. but dude like i because i have um not a mutual friend but a friend of a friend uh that's um was able to get a like seven hundred thousand dollar house for two hundred k because their parents decided you know um yeah, you guys can have it we were like planning on downsizing anyways I know you guys were in the market for like a two hundred k house but here's this yeah and like yeah. I was like <laughs> that's I hate called you. that's called generational wealth <laughs> yeah and that is why there's a wealth gap is because some people's parents do that uh-huh. and I'm mm-hmm. happy for them mm-hmm. but yeah I mean that's that's part of it. Is that's, that's like not everyone can have it. No, that's, that's, that's the best that's way. A I very can put it. small <laughs> percentage of people can do that. But you know, those those types of people are surrounded by other people like them, so mm-hmm. they think that everyone does that. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's like yeah. not even one percent. Exactly. Like most people have to like hustle for like what they're getting, mm-hmm. which like uh, brings us back into like uh, young people buying houses. It's like it's not an easy task, especially mm-hmm. like I feel like in the climate that we do live it's like in. Scary and um, daunting. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's a big new project as well. Um, we have like housing prices like going up like really crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, one really great time to like uh, sell a house. Not an amazing time to buy a house. No. Uh, so like you're like going into probably a little bit more debt than you have to. Like you know, everyone go yeah. like. Uh, takes out some type of like loan to like get a right. house um then you have to like manage like uh the property tax that you have um you know maintenance for i guess or uh upkeep for uh electricity power heating yada 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 and yes all this stuff is like you would like get that even if you had like an you know, apartment or like whatever else but um there are new things that you have to deal with i mean you have to maintain it yeah yeah exactly and, and it's like the do you want to maintain it yourself? Do you want mm-hmm. to put on that new paint job? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to pay two grand or more for that new paint job? Yeah, exactly. Do you want someone else to do yeah. it? And it's uh, it's not an easy task for kids to do now because, 
I think um, like uh, one of like the statistics I'm like seeing a lot lately is like um, uh, like uh, Gen Z slash uh, uh, millennials aren't making as much money as like you know their like parents before them, so uh, they don't have enough uh, as much money to like put forth towards these like you know improvements and just like uh, bettering themselves with like a house mm -hmm. and it's uh like i was saying like earlier it's just a lot of like barriers to entry that um i don't think a lot of us are equipped to deal with mm -hmm. uh but uh what, what what do you think would be uh some issues that you could see or that you have seen other people struggle with i think a barrier to entry is economic inequality mm -hmm. i think probably the main barrier to entry is that yeah. i mean like our wealth gap has been widening and widening and widening and widening it's so vast right now mm. and if you think about it like if you start out poor and you grow up in poverty and then you have to take out loans to go to college or you know maybe you don't even make it to college because yeah. It's not easy to get to college if that's, you know, like I, I feel like when I was growing up, my parents, like college was just ex an expectation and it was never even a question, but, mm -hmm. but that's because I knew that money wasn't going to be an issue. And like, that's a privilege that I have. Whereas like so many people don't even know if college is going to be in their realm of possibilities because mm -hmm. it's so expensive. It's so mm -hmm. far away. It's so, it far, so away. far away. Yeah, it's like if you can't even afford to buy new clothes or do the things you want or pay for a car, it's like, well, college seems yeah. mind-blowingly expensive, which it mm -hmm. is for anyone. Um, of course, and like uh, tuition is only going up like every year. Right. Uh, college is only yeah. getting more and more expensive. Uh-huh. Uh, where like, you know, uh, the boomer age could have paid like, you know, five oh grand a semester yeah. to go to Harvard. Literally, my grandpa was like, oh, yeah, like I paid, you know, like $900 a year to go to school. <laughs> I'm like, I'd kill for that. <laughs> yeah. Even my dad was like, I think my apartment was like $83 a month. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and that I mean, wasn't even that long ago. That was now probably like in the 80s or 90s. A month, yeah, like. no, dude, because like the like the average like the middle ground for like getting an apartment in Minneapolis is like six hundred. Like if you pay anything less than six hundred, if you want like a studio, you're, yeah. you're at fifteen hundred. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like yeah, like um, I have friends in like uptown, literally like oh. studio apartment, like you know, paying a thousand. They're shelling for, out, like, yeah, and it's like it's not even big. It's like oh. you know, it's not spacious at all. It's like this like tiny fucking room it's like, loud it yeah. smells bad mm -hmm. maybe like the nicest thing you might have about it is like the building looks kind of pretty the because it's like old okay. and rustic yeah. and it's like right next to the bar or something right, right. next to the you can walk to the bar so you can spend more money like, at the bar yeah Jesus. <laughs> like oh my god i, I hate know that so no much. but yes it's all of these different things and it goes it goes back to i mean there's generational wealth gaps mm -hmm. we don't tax the rich enough mm -hmm. in my opinion like i i don't think billionaires should exist mm -hmm. personally i think it's really inhumane yeah. i think it's ridiculous no one can spend that much money in their mm -hmm. lifetime it's it's like you know all these people at like middle upper class lower class are like all fighting each other for resources mm -hmm. when it's yeah. like it's the big dogs yeah. that have everything that could yeah. literally give they just redistributed mm. their wealth. I, I think that's a huge barrier. And, you know, like owning a house and having like a safe 
place, a safe, comfortable place to live that you can afford to live in Mm -hmm. closes that gap. It Mm -hmm. closes the wealth gap. And so when people can't afford a home, it it just makes the problem worse. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I'm probably not even explaining it right, but I took an economics of inequality class and this yeah. is what we, what we talked about a lot. And you know, it, it, it like, it, it's gut wrenching. It's like mm-hmm. horrible. It makes you so sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's like is, isn't it like a cycle too? It's a cycle. Poverty is just a cycle. How do you get out of the cycle of yeah. poverty when the entire system is built against all you're struggle. doing is working and then paying to like live, mm-hmm. paying your bills to just survive and just to continuing survive. to work. And then, you know, you're not given financial literacy. So mm-hmm. you don't even know that any extra money you have, you could invest. They like try not to yeah. tell Oh, yeah. poor people about investing because that's too risky. Them. That's like, too risky. Why would you? Because like whatever, like uh, this like, conversation brings me back to like um, a macroeconomic class I had where uh, we had like um, uh, like a uh, uh, situation like uh, mm-hmm. that we were like reading about, which is um, this like a uh, poor person. He needs uh, boots to like go to work. Right. Uh, he can like either buy like this uh, cheap pair of boots that'll like you know get him through like a few months, or he can buy this like nice pair of boots, cost like you know like a decent bit more, but like will last him multiple years. Mm-hmm. Can't afford the nice boots, so he like gets the poor uh, the cheap boots. Um, you know they like last him a bit. Um, then he has to get rid of him, buy a new pair of like cheap boots. You know, same thing again mm-hmm. and again, as opposed to like you'd save so much money just buying the expensive pair mm-hmm. that would like last. The dude has the expensive pair, amount. and he only bought it once. Exactly. Like the thing is, like being poor, you can uh, like is being poor. You can only be more poor. Mm-hmm. You, like in like that, uh, like it's kind of like the uh, the lesson of that situation. It's hard to get over that wall. Uh-huh. It's and as, not- as far as like buying a home goes, it's like where you're starting is like if you're if you're in a race, you're here. Your start starting line is here. And this is the finish line. It's like everyone else who's had that generational wealth is starting yeah. here. Yeah. And you're all racing towards that house. And you're just mm-hmm. way farther back and you have to work exactly. much like, harder. I could like make the like um, same comparison with like uh, that scenario with like housing. You can either like, you know, continue paying like rents at an apartment, you know, over and over and over, mm-hmm. uh, like building zero equity in this place that you're living in. Or you can, you know, uh, get a house, uh, you know, like build it up like you know get equity you know over time it it, like increases in value Mm -hmm. um either give that to your kids or like uh you know sell it later make a profit you know Mm -hmm. and um you it's not a easy like place to get to no it's not and for hundreds and hundreds of years they've made it very difficult for minorities to do that to get a house you Mm -hmm. know like that is part of the issue as well is like yeah anyone who's new coming in like we're not setting them up for success at all no you know no excluding them yeah which is like ironic considering like um america is like you know uh the land of dreams supposed to be a melting pot exactly exactly they're Uh, like yeah we can be a melting pot but you're mm -hmm. gonna have to be on that Mm -hmm. side of the Mm -hmm. city and exactly i mean that's like the whole thing with like redlining gentrification Uh, mm -hmm. it's ugh. i know yeah and we are discussing or discussing a range of topics. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's part of the, that's the barrier to yeah. get getting houses. That's exactly. part of it. Is there? Yeah, people aren't making as much as their parents did because mm-hmm. the opportunities aren't the same, and things mm-hmm. cost more, and they're not getting paid mm-hmm. enough, yeah. and everything's going to shit. Yeah, and the wealth gap is major. Yep. 
and the rich people are getting richer mm-hmm. and the poor people are getting poorer and it's been happening for years and years and years well like that's like capitalism for you because like oh, um, yeah. like I, I like keep telling like a uh, will this about um cooper this you're forgetting i can't i get like i get like confused sometimes mm-hmm. because like there's always people that know him as will yeah you, i'm probably confusing and, you. um like you know i like try to call him will in front of them but like i always just call him cooper but anyways yeah. um oh, should we break yeah. for ad time yeah should we ad break time. For, uh, um you know uh, we'll take um, a moment uh we're gonna take a quick moment to uh pay some bills yeah um uh brought to you by our sponsor uh, not our sponsor, Summit Brewing. Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Rich malt flavors with a crisp hop finish. Perfect mm-hmm. for your Halloween parties. We're here to fur Yep. October is right around the corner. Make sure to pick up, pick yourself up a pack. Yeah. And enjoy the Oktoberfest. Uh-huh. Dude, we have to get good at doing reads. Oh, I could. I feel like Will could do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. If he really got in the zone. Oh, yeah. Especially (laughs) if it was for a beer, too. I'd just be like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Beer's something I'd get into. The aroma. Yeah. Mm. Everything just combined together. The hops. Because, like, oh, one of my. pumpkin in there. My taste buds have never been happier. (laughs) Mm hmm. Because uh, one of my, like, favorite ad reads is, like, uh, from this podcast called um, um, a Million Dollars Worth of Game. And they have, like, a, uh, a sponsorship with uh, New Amsterdam Vodka. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, uh, basically what he goes off is, like, you know, uh, you know, had a bad day at work. Shot at New Amsterdam Vodka. <laughs> uh, found out your wife's been cheating on you with, you know, one of your friends. New Amps. Shot at New Amsterdam Vodka. You never left college. <laughs> I feel like a traditional ad just could never do that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And like that's like, you know, like adding like character to a brand like that yeah. definitely makes it like so much more valuable. Like, you know, because like, you know, when I like heard that like um, you know, like the marketing that I was like, damn, maybe I want some new Amsterdam vodka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like damn. they just like they I made did it so have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> My wife did cheat on me. <laughs> Not even like that, but it's just like, damn, like these guys are so funny. Maybe it's like, I you could know. numb the pain with a yep. shot of new ass. <laughs> God damn it, whole bottle's gone. What? <laughs> to note, whatever's in that cup will not fill you up. Mm-hmm. Remember that, people. Yep. May not fill you up, but it, could, it can make you feel like you're filled up for a few good, hours. You're going to have a good ass night. You're going to have a great night. Hope you make it to work no. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Just you wait till we get our like sponsorship deals. We're gonna be like selling the fuck out of them and Hell get yeah. so much money. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, fuck. What was I saying? What were we talking about before this? We're talking about the uh, barriered housing to uh-huh. buying housing uh-huh. for millennials. What was like the last thing we were on though? The wealth gap. Uh, uh, will yeah. sponsoring. Ads. Uh, okay, I guess you know. We'll just we'll just move on. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see. We're okay, getting, we're about out of time here. I think. Uh, yeah, has, is the cameras even still on? I think Did you so. hear it turn off? I don't. I think it's on. Okay. Uh, Hello, viewers. Hey, viewers. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you're from. Well, from I London. think the viewers think, are probably yeah. like, "Damn, this chick has." Terrible posture. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my posture. So oh, my posture is so bad, you guys. Like, that's just down. an American trait. You're not allowed to have good posture. Ergonomics. That's so bad. Ergonomics, God. Okay, but uh, we. I think we're like at a pretty solid place to stop. Um, one thing I will say really quickly is, that I forgot to say in the beginning. 
Our pond is not with us today. Oh yes, um, he's you know, not. Yes, you know, our pond uh, is uh, off working on a uh, project this week, so he, he was not a, able to be with us. A big, a big assignment in mm. Rochester at the mm. Mayo Clinic, if, I, if I remember. Yeah, so. Doing some interview mm. filming. Wow. Um. So that is why he is not with us this week. But you guys will see him again next week. So if you miss him, if you don't, mm. he's gonna be there anyways. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um. Olivia, thank you very much for being with us this week. Thanks for having me. Uh, This was fun. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you thought so. Like, we definitely had a lot of fun speaking with you. Um, I definitely did not think you were going to, like, come with the amount of heat that you did. Oh, I'm glad I I come to impress. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, um, and that's, like, really what we're looking for here. Just trying to have um, a candid, nuanced conversation about things Mm -hmm. that we care about. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. You guys have outside perspectives. We Mm -hmm. have not had a woman on on the podcast yet, so you're first. Well, the times are changing, guys. You Uh, gotta get women on here. (laughs) Definitely opening open. Yeah, do you have any uh, cool female friends that you think would like to have a cool chat with us? Oh, my friend Sid would be great at this. Oh yeah, we should we should have a Sid and you. It would be funny. I think it would be entertaining Mm -hmm. for the listeners. I think so. Not to toot my own horn, but me and Sid are pretty funny. Oh, we'll have like sometime in the future. Sometimes we do destination podcasts, so maybe oh, we can yeah. do like a San Diego. San Diego podcast. Yeah, Sid's moving Guess to San Diego. Po- oh, oh, yeah, yeah. She did like mention that like uh, the beginning of the summer. Yeah, from the beach mm-hmm. could be that episode. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so nice. All right. Well, this has been the Live and Learn podcast. The Live. My name is Liv. Liv and Martin Podcast. <laughs> um, again, we still don't actually have like an outro yet, so like I'll say this. Um, hey, um, if you uh, stuck around long enough to learn something, awesome. Uh, if you didn't, you know, maybe you'll stick around long enough to – you'll live long enough to find something out from us. That was really bad. Forgive me. Um, anyways, we will see you guys next week. Awesome. Goodbye. Here we go. Out.